Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I'm Gideon Spanier, UK Editor-in-Chief, and I'm joined today by Coral Cripps, Technology and Gaming Editor, and Shauna Lewis, Reporter. And I've got to say to Coral, welcome to Campaign, because you only recently joined. Yes, thank you, Gideon. Um, It's been a really exciting start to joining the team. And hi, Shauna, as well, because the three of us were at the Campaign Gaming Summit earlier this week. And I think everyone knows the whole area of gaming and virtual and augmented reality, the metaverse, and all of it wrapped together is sort of one of the biggest trends in the industry. And we're going to hear more about that in a moment. But first, we're going to talk about working from home. And uh, the reason partly is that it's exactly three years since the pandemic really hit in the UK in March 2020. And I can actually remember the last day the campaign team were in the office, which was Monday, the 16th of March that year. Uh, I think there are some benefits to working remotely because Shauna and Coral, you're both at home. It's a tube strike. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure it would have been a stressful journey and feels quite nice. (laughs) But the campaign podcast must go on and I didn't have to take the tube, so I was all right. Uh, But it's interesting because we work in a creative industry, of course, and Aidan McClure, Chief Creative Officer of Wonderhood Studios, recently wrote a piece with the headline, Creatives Go Back to the Office. And that prompted us to ask for our question of the week, does working from home chip away at people's creativity? And, you know, it's an interesting question. So, Shauna, when you think about this, what from our question of the week, we had about five different responses. What struck you about whether working from home chips away at people's creativity? So I think um, I really agreed with um, Ian Hartfield's um, response, which was kind of like a mix is kind of like the best thing. And that works for me as well. Um, I think like as a junior, like uh, person in the team like being able to be in the office and ask those questions that I need to ask and get those immediate responses is like super helpful and then also like establishing friendships and things like it's not exactly easy to do over zoom um which I think everyone can agree with but then at the same time I know for a fact that I work sometimes better sometimes I'm so excited to be in the office and see my friends <laughs> that like sometimes I'll maybe get less work done than I should and so in that case like it's better to be at home so I think the like kind of mix works well for me um Rick Brim actually said in his contribution um the agency stop needing to sit on the stop need to stop sitting on the fence but that's exactly what I'm gonna do um because I think for me it is a mix yeah interesting so Ian Hartfield is the chief creative officer of Um, New Commercial Arts, and interestingly and importantly, New Commercial Arts actually launched in May 2020, right in the middle of lockdown, and they have gone on to be very successful. So uh, an interesting example, actually, they they planned the launch before the pandemic, but they actually were born in the pandemic. Uh, Coral, um, what stood out for you uh, in terms of the responses from the industry? Um, Likewise, uh, in line with what Shauna said, Ian Hartfield's comment very much resonated with me. Uh, I like how he said when he wants the buzz and energy of the people he he works with, he goes to the office. When he can't hear himself think, he works from home. Um, I think as a creative person and someone who also knows a lot of creatives, um, you know, that flexibility does allow the creative mind to strike a balance because... Uh, Sometimes team collaboration really encourages those creative juices 
and gets people motivated and allows ideas to be exchanged more freely. But then sometimes you do need a little more quiet, um, less uh, distraction from from your friends and colleagues and that opportunity to um, just isolate a little bit, which, which is always really helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I moved to London in uh, the end of 2021 when the pandemic um, restrictions had just started easing. And prior to that, I had not worked in an office for almost two years. So um, I remember feeling like, oh, this is, you know, when the pandemic started, this will be a great time to get more writing done and, and be more focused. But when I moved to London and I did go back to working in an office part time, it was such a relief. And I really um, thrived from getting more in-person energy again. And I think uh, having um, the best of both worlds is the best approach. Well, Shauna joined Campaign in August 2021, and we recruited you, Shauna, through a video interview. And prior to COVID, it's not something I would have certainly wanted to do. And um, I definitely feel like all of us work better and learn more from each other, collaborate by being face-to-face. It seems obvious. i feel like if you rely on video alone it's it's very two-dimensional yeah definitely and then yeah it was really nice to get in the office and actually like see people and then also discover that some people were like either shorter or taller than I thought they were in person um I thought that was quite fun yeah well the the, uh old cliche about sort of being able to read the room it's very hard if it's just uh on screen yeah (laughs) um Coral I'm interested you know you've joined us as the tech and gaming editor and the tech sector you know, they it had a, a boom time during the pandemic and there was a lot of, um, in a really positive way, giving people flexibility and it almost became a badge of honor for some of these tech companies. Then Elon Musk came along and bought Twitter, fired about half the staff and basically said, if you want a job, show up to the office or else. I wondered, what's your take in the terms of the tech sector? How, if at all, sort of the view of, working remotely is evolving? Uh, yeah, well, I think the tech sector is full of so many diverse minds and obviously many of them creative. So I think it's not surprising to see that so many people in the tech sector didn't want to return to the office full time. So I know I read a survey last year that said three in five tech workers didn't want to go back to the office and, and back to the old routines. And they, they did appreciate either a hybrid or a fully remote approach, which I think we've said maybe we don't so much prefer, but um, you know, some people with with more diverse approaches were more uh, more keen to to continue that. Um, but there was a lot of competition that formed, like um, Amazon and PayPal were worried about losing talent to competitors that might offer more flexible work arrangements. And I think the pandemic forced a lot of companies to reevaluate their their, um, in-office slash remote approaches. Um, I think Elon Musk didn't really set a good precedent because there was a lot of public backlash when he did um, make that statement and uh, over 110 employees across four continents were confirmed to have willingly left Twitter. Um, Apparently 500 people posted farewell messages on their Twitter as well following that announcement. Personally, I think that um, Microsoft CEO has uh, suggested a better approach. And I think that that's better communication tools between managers and their staff to ensure that they're being productive while also working in an environment that allows them to to work to the best of their ability. 
Um, they did a survey where 85% of managers said they were concerned that the workers weren't being productive, but then 87% of employees said that they did believe they were working effectively. And um, even just doing such a survey like this is a good way to, to gain greater insight on how the bridge can be gapped. And I think, um, you know, continuing to do things like this and, and um, I guess, establish better communication tools and gain better insights um, over a period of time is better than just saying, let's go back to the office, let's go back to this approach that, you know, many people no longer see being effective. That's my take. Well, it's very interesting. I don't think there's, no, no one really knows for certain. I think the, the in my experience of visiting a, a number of different companies, you know, I think some agencies in particular have, which tend to be smaller, you know, they, they have really tried to push for people to come into the office, say, four plus days a week. And it, some of it is a test of culture. Some of it is, do people really want to show up? And some of it, there's a cost thing, sometimes an expensive commute. There are a lot of different variables. And I think the prog- productivity question is, is super interesting because I did hear someone complain that virtually never no one comes in on a Friday and they don't believe that people are working very hard when they're still being paid five days a week. And yeah, interesting. I, 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 the other thing about creativity is sometimes your best ideas do not happen between <laughs> that, that nine and five. Just saying. Um, yeah, I think there's still going to be some growing pains for companies to figure out which approaches work best. Meta, which recently laid off more staff, has been also criticized for offering a work from anywhere policy. Um, I, I do think, again, Microsoft has a good um, forward thinking approach so far. And uh, they are trying to strike a balance um, with letting employees work 50% of the time in the office and 50% remote, I believe I've read. So, uh, you know, maybe um, just reevaluating how balances can be struck with within teams is, is key. Okay, so we were together. There was no tube strike on Tuesday when we were at the Campaign Gaming Summit. Coral and I were uh, on stage sharing some of the hosting duties and uh, Shauna was also there reporting. And it was a really interesting, fun mix of discussions. We had companies like Formula E, Activision, Blizzard, um, Yahoo, all talking about different trends within uh, the gaming space from where they stood. Um, and we also had uh, Sport5. We had lots of different brands who were taking part, supporting the event. And I think there was a sense of a lot of potential. Now, Coral, it was very good timing that you just joined a few weeks ago. And I know you kind of outlined how you saw the, the sort of state of the gaming world uh, in your opening remarks. So I thought it might be good just to, you know, touch on that just briefly, what you, what you, how you see things. Yeah. Um, so I think post-pandemic, we've now noticed that gaming's not just a hobby that people do after work or after school, um, but it's now become one of the most powerful marketing channels that we have. Gamers make up one of the world's biggest audiences. So at the time of this podcast, there are now over 3 billion gamers worldwide, which is a huge number. Um, and I think a lot of brands are catching on to the fact that gamers are one of the most reachable audiences um, in addition to their size. One of the special things about games is that 
They are able to keep audiences engaged both visually and emotionally. And studies have actually shown that people experience heightened levels of emotional engagement while they're gaming. So um, in turn, that provides brands with the perfect opportunity to target players with effective messaging. And we've also seen after the pandemic that gaming has served so many additional functions beyond just offering fun and entertainment or, or an escape from real life. It served as a vehicle for people to build greater communities. Uh, we've seen this in some of the biggest games like Roblox and Fortnite. There's more opportunities for interconnectivity and people can also interact with brands on a more immersive level because there are um, you know, these channels like Roblox and Fortnite that now have metaverse concerts and events within the games where brands can promote ideas. So I think the last thing that's really important to note is that you know, all of these developments have pushed in new innovations to the forefront of our consciousness, such as um, the metaverse, of course, uh, Web3 and the technologies with, um, you know, under that umbrella, um, the popularization of mobile gaming as it's made gaming more accessible to all audiences and all ages, and the benefits that come from, I guess, bringing people together online. Um, and esports is a great example of that. Yeah, there was a big buzz in the room and I can tell you there were more brands and more agencies in attendance than at the TV advertising summit a few weeks earlier, which was also a very successful event. So I think that shows the amount of appetite, for, partly because it's new and brands are trying to work out how to show up in gaming. Uh, Shauna, there were a lot of interesting things that came out of the summit and I guess one of them might be that the stereotype of who is a typical gamer isn't well, it's like a stereotype. It's not the whole story. So people might think it's teenagers in their bedrooms, but it's way more than that. So yeah, t tell us what you observed. Yeah, so it was a really, it's a really good day. It's full of really good speakers. Um, I think the end talk was the final talk was um, one of the most interesting ones for me. With two of the speakers were Phil Rowley, who is head of futures at Omnicom, and Claire Nance, who was head of global industry marketing and communications at Activision Blizzard. They were, I thought they were really good speakers and they had some of the best insights for me where Phil in particular talked about, um, so he's talked about this new generation of gamers that he called grey gamers that were kind of disrupting what we think, what we think of as a gamer, which I suppose many people would think of as a teenage boy in their bedroom. But he was saying that, well, to take it back, he was saying our current birth rate is at about 1.61 which is like below the rate of replacement and so and then older people are also living longer so the industry the advertising industry is so like the gaming industry is looking at you know how do we bring newer people into into gaming but then what they should be looking at is the demographic that's already there that they just are maybe ignoring and that in turn like advertisers are looking at these newer demographics and perhaps ignoring the older demographics that they could be targeting with their ads but like they play they're playing games like I'm sure if you live in London or like have been on any form of public transport you've seen maybe maybe an older woman or an older man like playing like Candy Crush on their phone or chess well I play chess on my phone so maybe not an older person specifically um but um like, you know, those kind of like games or like Sudoku and stuff like that. It's like a huge thing. And he's, he's essentially just saying that those are kind of 
um, being ignored and they tend to be those gentler games like Candy Crush, Sudoku and he called, what did he call it? He called it a demographic disruption which I thought was a really cool, good way of putting it and then also Claire Nance added after that that you know mobile phones are also being ignored like um, agencies are maybe looking at you know the, how do we get into the like consoles like PS5, the Xboxes and all that jazz but where they should actually be looking is mobile phones as there's like a huge opportunity there that's maybe being ignored. Like everyone's skipping over that to go straight to the metaverse when really we should be, you know, maybe looking at where we already are. Like loads of advertisers are already on mobile phones, but just looking at the new areas where we could be, Um, which I thought were like two really great insights from the day. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Older people and yeah obviously mobile devices they're also from an accessibility point an affordability point of view um that it's it's certainly there are billions of mobile devices there are not billions of vr headsets and maybe never will be uh we'll have to see coral uh, any other highlights for you from the summit maybe there's one thing that stood out for you yeah um just to add on to that i think um the emphasis on brands building authentic campaigns that really target their audiences, I, I think that is one of the most important points because when you're playing a game and something, I guess, feels more authentic to you and it's contextual, that heightened emotional engagement that you are experiencing while playing will make you so much more receptive. And I think that gaming is just the perfect channel for that. Um, and I think that almost all of the panels did a great job at at touching on that. Um, We talked about how brands and Twitch streamers are collaborating to to speak to audiences. Um, At Sport 5 highlighted that 31% of uh, of players are more likely to purchase from brands that are are working with their favorite teams or content creators. Or um, we spoke with uh, the team from Geek who said that um, when music is combined with um, with an, an immersive gaming experience, uh, that again speaks to audiences on a higher level. Um, and I just think that gaming offers more opportunity for that than it ever has before. And um, and I just look forward to seeing how brands will uh, will leverage the the capabilities of gaming to speak to their audiences in, in a you know in a more profound way and. I think yeah the 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 point about the the older audiences getting into gaming I I do find that not just interesting but really endearing um uh so one of the speakers uh, on one of the panels mentioned something that I thought was really endearing and it's that um there's an esports team called the Silver Snipers and no one on the team is under the age of 62 so it's entirely made up of seniors um, who enjoy gaming and they enjoy the collaborative and competitive benefits of esports. And um, I think that it's really nice to hear that not only um, are older players finding these benefits in games, but they're also learning to adopt technology at a faster pace because they enjoy gaming. Um, I think that's, it's just it's just really nice to hear. Good. And I should just add you know, there was a lot of discussion about how brands should show up in the gaming world that you, know, you don't want to show up in the wrong way because gamers in particular are very good at calling out um, a lack of authenticity 
something that we've already talked about. And we had one speaker, Kieran Holmes Darby, who is the gaming director of Formula E, and and he was saying, thinking about it as a as a brand. You know, if you're always thinking, how can you add value to the player's experience? It's hard to go wrong. And I thought that was a good way of thinking about it. Don't try and ruin the experience by stuffing your brand's name in there. And I should add as well that uh, there were many interesting sessions during the day. And I really enjoyed one from the team from Lions the, who run the Cannes Lions Festival. And they showed lots of ads uh, in, involving gaming in different ways. Um, and you know, we had brands like FIFA, the Burger King, the Samsung, uh, Xbox doing something again around called Beyond Generations uh, about dealing with um, gamers of different ages. And it's great to see just great can line winning work, which happened to have gaming as uh, part of what it does. And there's the branded entertainment lines where this this is a, now a feature and it's a, I think there's growing demand for it. So I will just say, Shauna, you mentioned chess. Any other game that you particularly like? Well, I'm a big part of a big board game household, but I got sucked into, I think I was meant to be finishing my dissertation during the start of the pandemic, but I actually bought a Nintendo Switch. Um, and um, I think I ended up playing Animal Crossing and um, Zelda, like Breath of the Wild, um, quite a lot. Dissertation also got finished, just to clarify. Um, but yeah, no, I got sucked in a little bit during the pandemic and still still do a little bit. Good. Well, Coral, I know when I asked you this before, you gave me quite a long list. I was super impressed. So uh, maybe we just go for a couple that you're like, what are your, what are your, what are your go-to games? Sure. Um, yeah, I did give you a bit of a long list. I recently... I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I recently played Stray for PS5 this week. Um, and it it's, I mean... It, I think it's um adorable because you're you're basically a roaming cat, um, but it w- it's been nominated for um, a lot of awards and uh, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, what else? I I think I told you that I grew up playing a lot of Final Fantasy games, um, lots of games for PS2. Breath of the Wild was a beautiful game, um, which I've also played for Nintendo Switch. So that's just to name a few. Um, but I'm not the world's biggest gamer. Uh, I actually quite like things which are mindful. So I quite like the New York Times spelling bee. Also, I have a weakness for playing Tetris. So I'm <laughs> just saying these are, yeah, everyone's different, right? But I do think that one of the nicest things about gaming is that it's mindful. And uh, I hope everyone has enjoyed this mindful conversation with Coral and Shauna. So thanks so much for joining. Thanks, thank you, Gideon. Gideon. And thanks, Coral. Um, so if you'd like to learn more about what we've been discussing, you want to read about, uh, you know, whether working from home is chipping away at creativity or uh, coverage of the Campaign Gaming Summit, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. And details of our subscriptions are available there at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up soon will be our review of the Agency of the Year Awards. So uh, keep listening. Big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager, Nav Powell, and also our producer, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio. And finally, thank you for listening. Hope you join us next time on behalf of the campaign team. Goodbye. Goodbye.